Welcome to another episode of the Hyperion Adventures Podcast. I'm Tom. As always, I'm with my gorgeous, wonderful, intelligent, hardworking, Disney background music loving wife and co-host, Michelle. Hi, everybody. Thank you, sweetie. So good to have you with us. We are recording this episode on Sunday, March 20th, 2022. We hope everybody had a safe and happy St. Patrick's Day this week. Yes. Wow, I just can't believe how quickly this month is going. Right. It's also, I believe, the first day of spring today. Yes, it is. So that's cool as well. We moved it through winter, although it still (laughs) seems like winter in some areas. It's raining here in San Diego today. Yeah, some parts of the country are having some storms. Right. But we are progressing into spring and into that brighter weather and good things to come. So we're excited about that. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Thank you for joining us today. In the future, you'll find us most everywhere you get podcasts. However, the very best place to find us is on our own website, HyperionAdventuresPodcast.com. And while you're there... I've heard that there's actually a newsletter that we put out and you could subscribe to it. I've heard that somewhere as well, (laughs) over and over ad nauseum on this show. Also, if you go to the website, it pops up in various different locations (laughs) for you to find out. But it's just another way to be involved in the Hyperion Adventures podcast world. We often give you news early on that before anybody else Mm -hmm. and it's and we ask for your input there, often, sometimes only from there. Right. And sometimes we share only information there or give some perks to our our listeners who have signed up for the newsletter. That is very true. So another great way to be involved with us is on our social media accounts. You can find us on Twitter at Hyperion Podcast, Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest at Hyperion Adventures Podcast. If you are on Facebook, come on over and join us for some good, positive Disney energy fun at our Hyperion Adventurers Facebook group. Such a wonderful group. We really appreciate those of you who have joined in and just love the sharing that you take time to provide to all of our members of our group. And if you're not part of that, really, like Tom said, come join us. Come on over. You don't have to, it doesn't require much. Just come on over, sign up and just follow along. And your input is always appreciated there, especially, but anywhere within some of these social media channels. Uh, We also have a YouTube channel. If you'd like to find us there, just do a quick search for Hyperion Adventures Podcast. Hit subscribe and you'll know whenever we have a new video. And if you ever want to contact us for any reason, please hit us up at our Gmail account, Podcast at gmail.com. We love hearing from folks. We do in all sorts of different ways. Again, whether it be social media, whether it be through the Facebook group, whether it be through the newsletter, whether it is from the Gmail account, we just want to interact with you in as many ways as possible. That's right. And if you would like to support this show, there are a couple of great ways to do it. One, you can get some nice swag if you come on over to our Spreadshirt shop and pick up some of the merchandise we have there. Uh, We have lots of shirts. We have mugs. We have all sorts of different things with different logos. And every little bit of it that you purchase from there, we get a piece of it. And if you want to find us there, first you can go to our Linktree account. We have a we have a link right there that can lead you right to it. But you can also go to Spreadshirt.com and just do a search for Hyperion Adventures Podcast. Right. And we really appreciate those of you who have already purchased things. Um, and as Tom mentioned, there's 
all types of swag that you can get from there. And we've purchased quite a bit yes. <laughs> and really have enjoyed it. And so um, thanks again for those of you who've already done that. Yeah, most everything you see us wearing when we're in the parks that has our logo on mm -hmm. there has come through our Spreadshirt shop. Another great way is to become a patron of our show through the, our Patreon page. All you got to do is go to patreon.com slash Hyperion Adventures podcast and find a tier that fits you. We get some swag there just for signing up as part of that group. And there's also a lot of other perks that are coming along with that site as well. We really do appreciate those of you who help support this. I mean, uh, we, we do enjoy doing this podcast. It's not something that is free of charge for us to produce. Um, and so it's really helpful for those of you who have uh, already joined and we do really appreciate that. Yeah. Thank you so much for being a part of it, being a patron. And uh, again, we'll have lots of stuff coming up here in the future mm -hmm. that we want to get you involved with. So uh, now it's time we kind of look like to look back before we get into this week's episode, we kind of like to look back at the week that was. And I know that some of the stuff that's happened this week and over the last few weeks has been a little tough going mm -hmm. on out there right now. But we find that there's always those little gems that kind of stand out as good, positive energy. And it's, it's kind of like our favorite thing from the week that was. And we like to share those things with you. So we go through this every single episode of what is our favorite thing from the week that was. So we, when we do this, we always start with Michelle because as I mentioned, she's awesome, wonderful, <laughs> all things great in the world. Uh, but she also always has the best, my favorite thing from this week. So Michelle, what was your favorite thing from this week? All right. Well, my favorite thing this week is that we got to celebrate our anniversary, which is such a special time because you are the love of my life, my sweetheart, um, all things wonderful in my life. And I also truly appreciate that you made me a spectacular dinner um, that was so delicious and so wonderful that it it just topped off the day uh, with you celebrating our anniversary. So that yeah, it was really a nice day. It mm -hmm. was our, let's see, it was our 17th anniversary, yes. I believe mm -hmm. it was. Yes, our 17th anniversary. And we just had a nice relaxing day and I made you dinner because that's what I do. <laughs> and uh, it was just really nice. And I, I love you very much as uh, well. Thank so, you, sweetie. Yeah, it was very nice. Uh, another what about night, you? Oh, well, I, 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 that was going to be my thing. But uh, another nice perk, since you already mentioned that, Another mm -hmm. nice thing that we had come out of that is that, you know, sometimes on Facebook or whatever, you get those memories from the weeks. Right. And a couple of them popped up this week from five years ago mm -hmm. when we had a Beauty and the Beast themed anniversary weekend. Right. Essentially, I shared that, you know, I made a Beauty and the Beast themed meal for you mm -hmm. at that time. Beef ragout, cheese souffle <laughs> yes. and the gray stuff. It's delicious. <laughs> Um, but also that we had gone to go up to Long Beach, California mm -hmm. to go see Susan Egan uh, right. perform in concert right. uh, at the, uh, you know, she was the first Belle on Broadway. Oh, She's also yep. Meg in uh, the Hercules film, right. uh, the animated Hercules film. And uh, we posted that and I tagged her in it and she liked that. So yeah, it was, yeah. you know, I mean, it doesn't surprise me. She's Michelle's bestie. But, you know, so. <laughs> I wish, yeah. yeah. <laughs> she and Michelle, she was on a 
uh, Disney cruise of ours a right. while back. And, and we got a selfie Michelle, together. Michelle got a selfie with her. So that's why I always call her her bestie. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, but that was just kind of nice of her to like that, uh, yeah. that, that uh, mention on Instagram. Right. So. Most definitely. Uh, the other favorite thing I had from this week is that we got our Star Wars celebration passes mm-hmm. this week. I weren't sure we were going to go and pull the trigger on that or not because right. we got a lot of stuff going uh, coming up here. Uh, within the next couple of months, but we went ahead and did it anyway, and we got those lined up. So mm-hmm. hopefully, we will see many of you out there in late May for right. Star Wars. It'll also be Michelle's birthday on the first day of that, <laughs> by the way. So if you want to come out and sing her a happy birthday, yeah. Star Wars celebration, that would be appreciated, I'm sure. Yeah. That's sweet. Thank yeah. you. Um, we also got one from one of our uh, Hyperion adventurers uh, who wanted to chime in mm-hmm. with his favorite thing from this week, and that was Scott in Minnesota. And he said, I'll see your Obi-Wan trailer and raise you a Miss Marvel. My favorite thing so yeah. far from this week, if you haven't seen the Miss Marvel trailer, it's really, really cool. Uh, really good. Um, uh, Kamala Khan who is going to be Miss right. Marvel, the first Muslim superhero within the Marvel Universe. And uh, it, it looked adorable. Yeah, the trailer looks fabulous. Um, definitely a character that you'd want to to see more and, and know more of the backstory. Right. So if you haven't seen that trailer yet, go check it out. That series is coming up here in the next couple months. Yeah. And uh, very excited to uh, follow along with that one for yeah, sure. Yeah, most so. definitely. Now we move on to this week's show. We have lots of stuff for you this week, including, of course, we will be breaking down a little bit more of our Hyperion Adventures podcast, Disney Songs Madness Bracket. <laughs> we will tell you who will be making it to the Elite Eight. So you'll want to get those brackets out uh, later today and follow along as we tell you who is advancing and who is falling by the wayside. (laughs) Also, there's a new Disney Vacation Club opportunity coming to the Walt Disney World Resort. We'll tell you what we know about that. If you've always wanted to learn how to draw your favorite Disney characters at home, well, we have some good news for you. And we received some information about several of the onboard dining activities that will be offered when the Disney Cruise Line's newest ship debuts this summer. We'll tell you all about that as well. But enough about all that. Let's go ahead and get to our main topic of the week. Yes, for this week's main topic, we're continuing our Creating Disney Magic series that Michelle started a couple weeks ago with our Disney Parks landscapes. This time we're looking at something else that provides some wonderful ambiance to you, some subtle things that you may or may not notice when you're in the parks, and that is the Disney Parks background music. So much great stuff out there that really makes your Disney Parks visit so special and we're going to hear all about it today from Michelle who does such great (laughs) research so I can't wait to hear more about that so Michelle go ahead and tell us about Disney Parks background music all right as you mentioned this is the second in our series of the things that help create the magic that makes going to a Disney park so special for us. And so, as you said, it's background music, or as some people in the biz have called it, BGM. 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 <laughs> so, and you also mentioned a, a really important part of it. It's really subtle. It, it actually may go unnoticed. Although I think in some regards, if it wasn't there, you'd notice it. But um, that's anyway, true, actually, yeah. <laughs> right? I agree with you. Um, but it is really an integral part of 
of the experience the guests have there. Um, it really can help immerse you into your Disney experience and into a world of fantasy. So, um, you know, kind of going back at the history of it, you know, obviously Walt Disney uh, was a filmmaker. And so when he worked with his Imagineers on the theme park design, he really looked at it as in terms of how would you create a movie, right? And so just like a movie, music, he felt would be critical to ensure that the story is consistent and has all the elements to support storytelling. So, um, you know, when it was first opened, they had actually that supporting music background sometimes by live bands. You know, they did have some pre-recorded um, soundtracks to help kind of transition you into areas. So like going into um, through Sleeping Beauty Castle and into Fantasyland, guests were, um, you know, provided the the music of when you wish upon a star um in Frontierland, you might hear a banjo playing uh and then jungle sounds to have the foreshadowing of adventure land so um you know it really has a, a basis from the start of when the di first disney park opened um then it kind of evolved in the 60s where they started including uh background music in some of the cues and they actually involved Buddy Baker, uh, he's most famous for the Grim Grinning Ghost song, to help create some arrangements throughout the parks and their cues, etc. And so one of them that is, you know, pretty, for us, something that we, we've we heard before is the uh, Swiss Capolka, I think is the name <laughs> of <Yes>. it, <laughs> in the queue over at um, the Swiss Family Treehouse. And... Um, during the Christmas season, they would change that music to being more like seasonal carols, which kind of makes sense because that was also in the movie where it was uh, Christmas time mm. in, in, in the movie um, Swiss Family Robinson. They were just caroling there on the island as they're yes. in the treehouse. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, so anyways, um, that concept of having seasonal music then still exists today. We've talked about some of that in the past, like especially in Cars Land during Halloween time where they convert some of the music, um, you know, and that can be heard also during the holiday seasons of Christmas time uh, on Main Street USA. Oh, yeah definitely there i mean as a matter of fact you can find all sorts of you know holiday loops uh, right. if you go out there on some of the youtube channels yeah, and such. yeah most definitely so you know just kind of summarize the you know what is the role of background music and you know as we mentioned it it supports telling a story or supports the show experience um but it also brings the guest into the show so you're not just watching you're a feeling a part of it. You're experiencing it yourself. It's bringing you on a journey or creating that magic for you. Um, and it also um, serves a purpose of stimulating your senses, you know, to create those feelings and memories and ultimately nostalgia that you can associate with the park. Yeah. You know, I, th I think we learned something really interesting when we were on one of the tours at the parks and uh, they were talking about the way Walt sees you entering the parks and exiting mm -hmm. the parks and how much 
that he wanted to be like a movie type experience. So much so that when you walk down Main Street USA and you see the names in the windows, right. that was like the opening credits exactly. for who yes. built these this park and these lands and everything. And then, of course, that would go with soundtrack as well. And mm-hmm. then when you left the park going again back through Main Street USA, it's like the closing credits, right. essentially. So yeah. uh, really interesting perspective on how the parks were built. Right. So, um, you know, it's interesting for, for those of you who listen, Tom and I do not share what we're going to talk about in detail of, of our, our podcast episodes, but that was a perfect segue into what I wanted to talk about next, which is listening to some of the mu- background music, uh, starting with some of the entrances. So like uh, Disneyland main entrance, you know, just as you passing through the gates, there's instrumental music um, from Disney films and, you know, giving hints to some of the attractions that you're going to experience at the park. Um, it's the area where you often see people um, getting together to get pictures taken by the iconic uh, Mickey display under the train station. So let's listen to some of that. hasn't started their day at the parks and hearing that or something similar in the loop that really just got the excitement going for you of what is going to be a special day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's always it, it's it's the announcement that you've arrived essentially. You right. See the train station. You see the Mickey or now Minnie um, little right. uh, garden area there, the flower um, setting. And uh, it's it's just, yes, the excitement begins, essentially. Right. And that then flows immediately into Main Street, USA. as you're listening to that music, you know, hopefully you can even feel that emotion that you experience as you're going down Main Street USA. Even if you've been there so many times, it's still something that's really special, you know, and that you can take in and it's just accentuated with that music of like small town USA Main Street and what what a great way to start yeah, your, your day. Exactly what Walt pictured for Main Street USA and it's there Every time you walk down it, right, right down the middle of Main Street. <laughs> That's uh, right. Different song, um, <laughs> but yes, uh, you, it, it's there. It's that it. It definitely has that feeling, and that includes the the background music right. like you just heard. Yeah, you know, and and I'm sure you all have experienced. You know, like we do, is that 
it's you know when you're going through it the loop you're hearing different songs so it some songs may draw your attention more than others you know and they have updated with songs for example from the film up and so it's just there's some newness to it still mm -hmm. yeah and like you said even uh, changing it for a holiday time right you know, so it's a little bit different yeah exactly so the next entrance music that wanted to cover here we're not going to go through all of them but this one was kind of a unique story that i ran across um and it related to disney hollywood studios in 2018 where they were updating some of the background music of um, hollywood studios park uh, the imagineers really wanted to plan an adaptive background score that kind of um, evolved as you went from Hollywood Boulevard uh, to the hub at Hollywood Studios. So as you enter the park, um, the swing music uh, puts you, like, like they said, this is what they described, puts you firmly into the 1930s jazz era. But as you move towards the iconic Chinese theater in the hub, the sounds of the score transport you more into the 40s, uh, kind of in the heyday of Hollywood. And so to accomplish this, they had to uh, record the tracks separately or twice into the loop and um, have that really subtle variation as you're going down that you might not really hear it. And I think we have a little bit here to play now. <laughs> bonus to the our newsletter subscribers we are going to send you a link to where you can actually have a slide bar of that soundtrack and see from the 30s to the 40s kind of evolving in that sound piece which we did right there and it's it's very subtle yeah you may right. not really notice it so much but i think you can kind of sense that the the band sound become a little richer a little deeper it's, it's slightly different as it progresses right. it's kind of like bigger yeah exactly um a little bit more music to it but yeah that it was progressing apparently from the 30s to the, I, I would not have if you hadn't told me that, right. I wouldn't have picked it out. But listening back to it, I can sort of hear it. Right, right. Yeah, where it's just, I, I, I guess the word subtle to bigger is the easiest way to describe it. But yeah, if you really listen for it, you know, and again, background music being subtle, it's, it's building, you know, and it's supporting that story that you're going 
um, you know, when you're entering up to the Chinese theater, that that building up to the 40s and the heyday of Hollywood is happening for right. you. So cool that they thought that out in two right. different orchestras and everything, and then, you know, but still made them sync up. Right. So you don't notice really the difference, but it's there. Exactly, exactly. And that's something that I noticed throughout my research for today's uh, episode is that what we really take for granted at the park is something that Disney's company puts a lot of time and effort into. It's not just kind of slapped together in there. It really is purposeful. It's it's updated to keep it fresh at times, and it uses they use um, talent and unique aspects involving the Imagineers into how to make this even better. For sure. And it, it makes your day, for sure. Oh, and yeah. like you said, you, you may not even notice it. Right, right. So, and, uh, you know, obviously an area that is well known for background music that I think by everybody is Epcot Center. And so, um, you know, wanted to talk a little bit about some of the things of how that helps with storytelling, helps with the experience. Now, one of the things in recent years that Disney has done is started adding some instrumental sounds from their films into the country's pavilions, background music. So uh, for example, in Mexico, you can hear some renderings of songs from Coco and the Three Caballeros. In China, there's some Milan tunes. Uh, in France, you might pick up uh, Hunchback of Notre Dame songs as well as Beauty and the Beast. Um, so it's, oh, and, and obviously um, now with um, Ratatouille that we have some, some sounds in the background music to support that storytelling as well. So um, why don't we take a listen at some of these? <laughs> three of those examples it it definitely fits the theming of each of those uh, pavilions it doesn't shout at you you know you might go by and not notice it but then again it might get in your head a little bit or even in your kids head yes and again creating that 
beginning of nostalgia forming. Yeah, and it's easy to pick out here because we're playing the songs and we're just sitting here quietly and listening right. to the songs. And so obviously it's louder than it would normally be in the parks. There's not a lot of people shuffling around sure. and you know trying to pinpoint where they're going next, and et cetera. Um, so it, it stands out. But when you're actually in the parks, it's there. And you may notice if you right. really listen, but you... It's more often than not, you're only going to catch nuances of it when you're exactly. out there. Yeah. Exactly. So it's just really fun to see how they've, you know, put so much thought into this. Like, like I said just a second ago, it's, it's not that they're, you know, just putting something together to have music in the background. That it's, it's much more thoughtful and planned out and it's, it just flows. Yeah, for sure. It's one of the things I love about it. And I do, like, I know there's this dispute on, especially in Epcot, of IP, Mm -hmm. no IP. I have no problem, especially (laughs) if it it blends in with the theming. It's, you know, it's the characters that you would find in these lands and the fact that it is subtle, subtly there, um, I think is a great thing. Right. I mean, all these things as they come together to create magic, whether you're, you're talking about, you know, landscape or in this case, background music, you know, you could think of like the smells that come together. These are all building together into your experience. And again, whether it's just for yourself or if you're with family and kids, et cetera, that it's something that, that lingers. And when you go back, it, you remember it again, you experience that again, maybe at a different time in your life and have that feeling of, oh gosh, I remember when our family went, you know, six years ago and it was just tremendous. Mm -hmm. And again, these, these are subtle cues that can tap in on those, those feelings for you. For sure. No, no question about it. Yeah. Um, so background music isn't limited to the parks. They also play a role in helping create those same kind of experiences and feelings when you're visiting one of their resorts. And, um, you know, a couple of our favorites, and they're very different styles, um, relates to the Riviera and the Caribbean Beach. So different in sound, but still totally bringing you into that immersive taking you away from your regular world and into a a new journey into a new land. Riviera. Um, this music really does support storytelling. We've been there and, you know, we we stopped and had like a, a cocktail, but they, they also have like a, a great little coffee pastry shop area where you can just have a little something. People watch and just really feel like you're transported. Right. And, uh, you know, the, the jazz sound there, it, it's, you know, reminiscent of the what that theming is for that resort, which is Walt's trips to the Mediterranean right. with his lo- wife, Lily, uh, you know, and, and experiencing 
uh, you know, aboard cruise ships and having right. that kind of music, that kind of era music playing in in the background. And yes, again, still a little theming there. Which right. Is, it's when you wish upon a star played with in, in jazz. Right, yeah. right. You know, and obviously they do have other songs that are not associated with films in there. Um, I love how, and we didn't hear it quite as much here. There's other par- parts of the loop that you can hear different instruments that we tend to associate more um, with Europe, you know, whether you're talking accordion we heard a little bit there with clarinet and things um that that you kind of think historically you know of that uh french riviera you know romantic kind Mm -hmm. of theming and that it's just there to help uh again i'm saying it over just produce those feelings for you build the story for sure Right. right you know and as i mentioned another one that is really cool is caribbean beach Again, that talk about setting the moves, you know, creating the setting. That is a tropical vacation ready to happen. Yeah, steel drums and, yeah. and everything. You just feel like you're you've been transported to the islands for sure. Right. Very lively, fun, you know, just a joyous time for your vacation. For sure. Party waiting to happen. Exactly. So uh, going on with the, the concept of background music with the resort uh, hotels. I ran across a, a rel- really interesting story behind the creation of the background music over at Disneyland Paris Resort at their uh, Disney Hotel New York, The Art of Marvel. And um, in, that, in that story, it was really interesting to see they, they um, had interviewed the associate music producer, and I hope it, I can say his name correctly. It's uh, Navid Desfoli. And he really shared some insight into the process of how they um, came to produce uh, what he said was 75 minutes of music for the hotel's lobby and corridors. Um, so, I, I, you know, I'm not going to go through the whole interview, just some highlights. But, for example, when he was asked, what is the musical concept for Disney's Hotel New York, The Art of it, Marvel? He explained that um, the stage is a contemporary art gallery dedicated to Marvel. Um, he said it's the first time they've taken iconic music from Marvel movies and presented them in a new light. Um, he went on to say it's important. It was important for us to produce some music that was true to Marvel films and characters, but that they couldn't use the original so- soundtracks because they were designed specifically for the films. So in order to adapt it, what they did was looked at what he calls a chill hop style music, which is um, very connected with the, the concept of New York's culture right now. And, and said, you know, this fresh approach to hip hop and jazz uh, with catchy patterns and even a little humor at time felt perfect for the musical arrangements to go along with this theming with Marvel in the city of New York. So I thought it was kind of really interesting um, how a new approach had to go go for this 
theme that people could still associate with the, the films and, and still fulfill what is needed for this resort. That's interesting. I, I'd love to hear what that's all about when we hopefully someday before too long get to go out to Disneyland Paris and check out that hotel for ourselves. Right. So um, he was asked, how did you select the artists who would be a part of the project? And he said, we partnered with renowned chill hop artists and producers who could bring their own singular sounds and unique style and identity to the project, all while adhering to the musical themes we know and love. The, the team, he said, collaborate, I can't say that, can I? <laughs> collaborated on a particularly appealing reinterpretation of Michael Giacchino's theme for Spider-Man Far From Home. Um, Bureaucratic, a New York-based music producer, brought a stylish hip-hop twist to Brian Tyler's Iron Man theme. And he said, although the artists lived in different countries, uh, they came together to bring different cultures to it, richness and diversity of their story, which is what we, you know, we do see throughout that concept. So um, the last piece of the interview that I wanted to share with you is that he, he was asked, what emotions did you want to convey to, through the music? And he said, much like an attraction, we wanted to immerse our guests into the world of Marvel. Doing so with the themes from the films was a creative imperative. That being said, he went on to say, we didn't want the themes to be too visible. A hotel experience is still different from an attraction, and the music should be more in the background. We wanted to add to the experience, not be, to be focus of not to be the focus of the attention. Yeah, well, that's what this whole background music thing yeah. is about, is that, you know, a lot of times it's it's not supposed to be the focus. They have other areas where they want the music to be the focus of their shows, their fireworks displays, right. et cetera. Uh, this is just supposed to be something that just kind of helps tell the story as you go along, but you may not notice it. Exactly. And again, it's just, to me, very amazing to see how much talent is brought together to create a loop for a hotel background music. I mean, again, it's not just somebody, you know, with a soundboard taking clips of music from films, etc. It's thought out, it's produced, it's created for a particular purpose. And uh, again, like he said, taking artists from all over the world. I uh, just wanted to kind of round off our discussion of background music, looking some of the more unique styles that have been incorporated. Uh, and so one of those is in, at the park, Pandora. Uh, they have a segment in their walkthrough that really eludes, uh, talk about transporting you to another place. That, again, just background music that you hear. And one of the other things that we didn't really go into, but this is the kind of things that you're also experiencing when you're in the shops. 
you know, so for example, when you're visiting this land, you might not notice it because you're focused on what are the things that they elements and things for sale in the shop, which are obviously unique looking too. Um, but that's going on there again, all supporting that, that theming that again, if it wasn't there, you probably would notice it more. Yeah, and, uh, it, it's part of it why it's such an immersive land. The fact that, as you were hearing there, I mean, yes, you kind of have that drum and that just that light music there, but it's also the the ambiance of the animal mm-hmm. sounds, right. and, you know, the trees blowing in the wind, right. essentially, and everything. It makes you feel like you are you've been transported into exactly. this um, interesting, unique space. Right. So, very cool. Another. Um, interesting or more unique concept of use of background music you can actually experience in the restroom or as they're called refreshers at Batu. Um, they actually they're playing uh, pretty much the soundtrack from uh, Olga's Cantina those songs but it's done as a radio station style and, it, and in fact it's radio station BSO 401.72 um, so if you're ever in Batu or Galaxy's Edge and in the restroom, you might take notice of the fact that you're getting that radio soundtrack in the back, which is pretty cool. Yeah, BSO for Black Spire Outpost, by mm-hmm. the way. Just, yeah. Just didn't know where that's from. But hey. yeah, it is. Uh, I find the refreshers very refreshing <laughs> and know. interesting uh, whenever we visit uh, exactly. Black Spire Outpost. Yeah, total theming, total theming. So, um, you know, and, and I wanted to throw in a nostalgic piece of uh, background music from Journey into Imagination Pavilion. segment on background music with having something nostalgic um you know that's you know as i mentioned from journey into the imagination um uh, the theme song of from magic journeys done by the sherman brothers which is you know just so lovely and and i know people at times say oh i you know they keep changing these things and and yes change is inevitable but the other thing is you know a couple things i guess not trying to sound on a soapbox but one as we found this music online, anybody can find these sounds online. There's, there's actually, um, actually radio stations dedicated to Disney's background music, but I mean, it's fun too, to have new fresher things. So it doesn't get old and we create new memories, new nostalgias with some of these updates. So. It's always finding that, uh, that balance between, mm-hmm. you know, what you know, what you love from the past and wanting to remember that and having that nostalgia like you talked about, but right. also incorporating the newness into it. And you, you, you 
you said it perfectly, um, getting these new memories and especially for the kids that may embrace right. uh, some of these, n- the, the newer, the, the more recently influenced background music, right. more recently influenced songs from the films right. uh, that they may appreciate a little bit more. So it, it, finding that clever balance, is, right. is, it's tough, but Disney does a pretty good job of it. Exactly. So, um, you know, and then just I wanted to bring up in Epcot, there's a couple places that have some real zen background music. So if you're ever feeling like you need to relax a little bit, these are the places you can kind of head towards. Um, The first one is from China. You know, one of my favorite experiences um, at Epcot is going over to China when there's not like a show going on or a character meet and greet there. Um, they have the the seating outside near the water um, that you can go and there's little waterfalls in the background as well that just looking at, you know, the, your whole surrounding, where you're at, just feeling that immersion and having that really zen music playing can really, again, talk about transporting, transport you to another land, but also just um, give you an opportunity to, to just stop and appreciate what you're experiencing right then and there and not have all those other feel, you know, uh, emotions or feeling rushed to go see something or whatever, but just taking a moment to relax and have brilliant experience yeah just uh, getting that little mental break in the Mm -hmm. day every once in a while for you know 10-15 minutes right yeah 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 and similarly over at the japan pavilion same thing there in Japan they you know they do have uh, whether you want to sit outdoors and look out at the rock Zen garden or walk through the little areas with the bridges and and things in the back of that pavilion just to again enjoy your day stop from all the hustle and bustle and take the time to you know feel the amazing amazing magic that's there yeah i mean they built these lands and they made them special uh for each different culture that they're within and you know part of that you know and within china within japan is that moments of zen that that moments of just reflection and relaxation and uh, i think too you know it's almost a, a way to honor those cultures by taking your moments yourself and doing that while you're there right well you know if you go back to the concept when Walt was creating Disneyland you know and especially with the idea of Jungle Cruise and I know that has evolved differently but originally he was trying to recreate you know experiences for people who wouldn't have gotten a chance to travel far and see you know what is it like to be you know in the depths of the jungles of the nile or whatever um and you know he was the one that 
created the concept of Epcot and wanted the, the appreciation, like you said, of cultures and everything. And so, it, you know, it really is designed to allow you to do that. Yes, can you go around and just, you know, enjoy the food, enjoy the shops and some with attractions or meet and greets? Yes, but it's also affording you, if you want to take the time, to really just appreciate, you know, your little moments of being transported to those other countries. Yeah, a little piece of being around the world. There's some countries that, we, uh, let's be honest, we may never visit in our lifetime. Right. But you can get a little nuance, a little piece of that mm-hmm. uh, right there within World Showcase. That's right. So, you know, um, lastly here, I just wanted to, you know, share with you that it is fun to find creative ways to enjoy your own unique experience enhanced by background music. I've given you a few of them. One of my other really favorite things to do um, is go to the French, the France Pavilion early, you know, like early in the morning. I mean, you know, in the morning, most people are rushing to go see uh, Frozen Ever After. So it doesn't get quite as busy. That, that includes me. Somebody else there by <laughs> I, herself. I know. <laughs> That's so true. So true. Um, you know, but anyways, just to take a moment, I, you know, go pick up either a cappuccino or a mimosa and a croissant and then um, grab a chair at one of those little tables and just soak up the experience of our memories of when we've gone to France, you know, and really getting to appreciate that background music. <laughs> that really makes me want to actually go to our local uh, French bakery and pick up some croissants and, you know, maybe mix up a mimosa here in a little bit and listen to that soundtrack again and, and actually feel transposed to Epcot. There you go. <laughs> we can pretend we're in Epcot right here in our own living room. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So, um, which honey, is like pretending like you're in France. <laughs> right. In Orlando. I know. <laughs> but see, both of those places, France or Epcot, are fun places to be. That so is true. Do you have a favorite uh, thing that you like to do at the parks, honey, that involves background music to enhance it? Or just are there some things that, you know, really come to mind when you're listening to background music? No, I mean, I love Main Street USA. I mean, I just feel that like that's, that sets the tone mm-hmm. for me is going down Main Street USA and hearing that kind of, um, you know, older music that sets that small town USA feel to it. That right. just speaks to me. Um, moving into Adventureland and kind of having the drum sound mm-hmm. and you feel like you're ready for adventure, essentially um, Frontierland, more of a country Western type. Right. Area, you know, yes. sound. 
But I'm going to tell you one that's recent for me that was like a big deal for me. And that was the when we went to Avengers Campus for opening day. Mm. And we had such a struggle getting into there because there was, you know, there was a, it was a little bit of a mess that day trying <laughs> right. to get into that land. But we figured it out. And when we got in there, immediately as we walked into Avengers Campus through what would they, at that right. time they were barricading and only letting certain people in at certain times. Um, so like I said, it was a little bit of a to-do. Um, we get in, um, show our credentials, get into, and then the Avengers theme kicked in right. right as we walked in. It couldn't have been more perfect. It was it was the utmost of background music telling the story yes. as we walked into Avengers Campus. It was really really cool. Yeah, I remember that. You're so so right at describing that, and I remember actually getting choked up about mm-hmm. it. That it just, um, and maybe because it was actually more challenging getting there than our first time going to Galaxy's Edge. And uh, maybe that emotional buildup as well, but that was definitely, um, with the music kind of like heralding us in, was definitely more, right. Which actually I, very more memorable. Right, and I love the Avengers theme anyway. I mm-hmm. mean, at any time it kicks in in one of their trailers, uh, right. it just brings me chills every single time. Uh, so yeah, like you were mentioning, the the uh, the difficulties, the hoops we had to jump through uh, on that day to actually get into Avengers Campus on opening day. There was a point where we were like, well, we don't even know if we're going to get, we didn't right. make all this effort and we don't even know for sure we're going to get in. Uh, so us actually getting in there and yes. then this, this theme striking right as we walked in, it was perfect. It couldn't have worked out better and uh it's a memory i'll always have i i do also like uh the theming in the background noise mm-hmm. and music that they have at uh at star wars galaxy's edge mm-hmm. as well right you know especially i mean the music is extremely subtle but it's there but even just the the sound of the ships flying by right or what i mean it all sets the tone to being in that into that land yeah you definitely believe you're there mm-hmm. yeah so um anyways um you know, that's kind of our look back. I mean, I'd love to play a lot more background music for people. I know everybody tends to love that, uh, but we've gone on so long today. Anyways, uh, but we would love to hear about your experiences or things that you tend to either gravitate towards or some things that are most memorable to you that involve the background music really accentuating that, you know, and just to remind all of you that next time you're at the parks, um, you take a moment to really listen and recognize the value of how that black around music is making you feel and appreciate that, how that stimulation, um, you know, of your, your sense of sound is really helping your experience be more magical. And, uh, we'd love to hear about it. Definitely. Do you have a moment like we had with Avengers campus that really stands out to you, maybe turned a day around and it was partially inspired by the music or maybe fully inspired by the music um, or is there just some some friendly, happy memory that you have when you've heard this uh, these sounds? Right. Uh, we'd love to hear from you, and we, we'll share them in an upcoming show. Exactly. So great job, Michelle. Oh, Always does the you. best research <laughs> for sure. Can't wait for the next uh, edition of Creating Disney Magic. But uh, yeah. great job, sweetheart. Thank you. Appreciate it. Hope people enjoyed it. I'm sure I did. That's for sure. I always learn something new. Oh, so. And that is our look at Creating Disney Magic. Disney Parks background music.
thanks again, sweetheart. Great job <laughs> looking into you. background music. Disney Parks background music always sets the tone, and we love it so very much. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Good job. So before we get into our Disney stories of the week, as you know, we've got this madness going on <laughs> right now. Yes, it's basketball is actually happening right now, but yeah. also we've been having going on for the last few weeks our Hyperion Adventures podcast, Disney Songs Madness. <laughs> And it's time to should tell you who has advanced to the next round, to the Elite Eight round of our bracket. So get yours out and follow along. Because remember, whoever has the most points at the end of this is going to win our prize package. Nice. And this week, you know, the, 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 the points accumulate. They get more so as you get through the round. So the first round winners, those are worth one point. The second round winners, those are worth two points. Now these are worth Four points, wow. so it, it, it really is important <laughs> yeah. to get your winners through here. So let's go ahead and go through the bracket here. And I'm going to start with in our Sweet 16 matchup between uh, When You Wish Upon a Star, the number one seed, and Be Our Guest, the number three seed. This is in the classic songs animated bracket, of course. Michelle, did you have one of those songs advancing? Yes. Uh, I feel surprisingly at this point when I have one that, that's still in the category at all. And I did uh, have When You Wish Upon a Star advancing. And I had the number three seed, Be Our Guest, advancing. And that was the fame. It was a close one. What? But be our guest, the three seed, <laughs> did advance to the Elite Eight. And that song will square off against our other Sweet 16 matchup. And this is from our live action films between the number four seed, Rainbow Connection, and the three seed, Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. Michelle, did you have one of those songs advancing? I did not. <laughs> yes, I did, but I did not choose the correct one. Oh. I had Rainbow Connection advancing, but no, it is Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious, wow. the three seed, uh, moving on. And so that sets up an Elite Eight matchup between the two three seeds out of that bracket, between the, of course, one three seed for animated films, one three seed for live action films. Mm. It'll be Be Our Guest versus Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious wow. in the Elite Eight. Moving on to the bottom part of that bracket, the fun songs part of that bracket, into the Sweet 16 matchup between A Whole New World, which was the number eight seed, facing off against the sixth seed. This is like the Cinderella battle here <laughs> of You're Welcome from Moana. Michelle, did you have one of those songs advancing? No, I did not. <laughs> <laughs> I don't blame you. Uh, we weren't really expecting those songs to be there. And right. I didn't expect them to be there either. So I didn't have one of those songs advancing either. But we do have one of those songs advancing as they have to do. And that was the sixth seed, You're Welcome from Moana. All right. Yes. So that was out of the animated portion of the bracket. Now going to the live action portion of that same bracket. In the Sweet 16 matchup, we have the number one seed, Step in Time, versus the number two seed, Happy Little Working Song. Michelle, did you have one of those songs advancing? Right. I sure did. I actually had both of those songs in that bracket. So woohoo. Yes, <laughs> me too. Uh, but I had the number one seed, uh, Step in Time, moving on. As did I. And that is who advances. Yay. Step in Time from Mary Poppins, the number one seed, does advance to the Elite Eight. And we'll square off against the sixth scene from Moana. 
uh, you're welcome. So that nice. we'll, can't wait to see how that matchup turns out next week. Moving over to the other side, the East coast of the bracket <laughs> to the want songs. And again, with the animated films portion of the sweet 16 matchup, we have the number two seed. I see the light from tangled squaring off against the number eight seed. Let it go from hashtag real man love frozen. <laughs> Michelle, did you have one of those songs advancing in your bracket? I did not. <laughs> what about you? <laughs> well, as we all know, hashtag real men love frozen. I actually had both those songs in uh, that made it through to that category. And I did have the correct song advancing. Wow. It is let it go from hashtag real men nice. love frozen. Uh, moving on. Uh, and that was, and, and again, they were an eight seats, so a little bit of a Cinderella. Oh, wow, yes. Mm. And that song will square off against the, one of the songs from the live action portion of the want songs category. And that is between the number one seed strong from the live action Cinderella squaring off against man or Muppet, the three seed from the Muppets. Michelle, did you have one of those songs advancing? I did actually. That was one of the brackets that I did well so far. Um, I'm not sure if mine's going through, but I, the one that I did pick was number one strong. Mm. And I had neither of those songs in my bracket. <laughs> they didn't, neither of them made it through for me. So I didn't have a choice of who would make it through. Mm. But yes, you are correct. Strong from the live action yes. Cinderella, the one seed did make it through and it will square off in the elite eight matchup next week against let it go. The eighth seed. Sweet. Finally, moving down to the heart songs bracket. And we'll start again with the animated films. It was the number one scene, baby mine from Dumbo going up against the Number two seed, Remember Me, the Miguel version from Coco. Michelle, did you have one of those songs advancing? Um, I did not. I did have Baby Mine in my bracket, but I didn't have that one to move on. Mm. And I did not have either of those songs. Mm. I did not pick either of those songs to make it through. So obviously I did not pick correctly. <laughs> But the song that does advance through is the number two seed, Remember Me, wow, the Miguel version cool. from Coco. And it'll square off against one of these songs from the live action portion of the bracket uh, between the number two seed, Feed the Birds from Mary Poppins, and the number six seed, Speechless from the live action Aladdin. Michelle, did you have one of those songs? Moving on. I sure did. I had Feed the Birds from Mary Poppins moving on. And I had both those songs in that category. And I also had Feed the Birds Ooh. advancing. And that is exactly who is advancing. Yay. Feed the Birds from Mary Poppins. The number two seed will go up against. It's a, it's a, it's a, another battle of the same seeds. Two yeah. seed uh, of uh, Feed the Birds versus a two seed of Remember Me. Nice. From Coco, and that will happen next week. And so next week, we will wrap this all up since it will be the last weekend in March. We want to finish off our Disney songs uh, madness mm -hmm. bracket. So we will be doing, we'll tell you who makes the final four, wow. who makes the final two, and who is the wow. champion all next week. So be prepared. <laughs> You're going to want those brackets ready for next week. So um, again, it's so fun. I'm so glad we've been doing this and wow. had a great time going through these brackets every single week. Yeah, we appreciate everybody who was participating in it as yes. well. Now we get to the Disney stories of the week. I do have a few for you this week. We'll start with, there's a new Disney vacation Club opportunity coming to the Walt Disney World Resort that we learned about this mm -hmm. week. This is actually from Forbes 
Disney.com of all places. <laughs> they said Disney has announced a new expansion for the popular Disney's Polynesian Village Resort that will bring more Disney Vacation Club villas to the popular location. Yay. Yeah. Uh, the expansion for the resort will be located between the existing footprint of Disney's Polynesian Village Resort and Disney's Wedding Pavilion and is set to open in late 2024. Disney's Wedding Pavilion, of course, over at the Grand mm-hmm. Floridian, if you're kind of trying to figure out where that all is. Uh, however, Disney fans will notice that this location is also the location of the once- Spirit of Aloha right. Dinner Show, of course, the luau that used to be there, uh, which is now, unfortunately, permanently closed. Right. Wah, wah. I know. I, you got to see it once, didn't you? I actually got to see it uh, several times. And, and they used to, um, well, I th- maybe not used to. One of the times I saw it was actually indoors, I think because it was raining and mm. they, they had... They brought it inside. It was still beautiful. I've seen many a luau with you, but never saw that one. We had yeah. actually plans before the pandemic right. happened. To, that was going to be for our, our June trip in get, 2020. Right. Get set to go see the show there. And it, it closed down. And unfortunately, it looks like it's not to return right. unless they find a new location for it. But looks like it will not be happening now. Um, as far as the new building, it uh, looks a little like what they were planning or over what was reflections over at the um what was the the area that right. was between the uh, Fort, Fort Wilderness, Wilderness and Wilderness Lodge mm-hmm. one point the building looks somewhat similar they may have <laughs> you know like hey, you know we've kind of already got this concept right. plan let's move it over there we'll just kind of you know add a little nuance to it to make it fit within the Polynesian right, uh, village right. resort there. Yeah. So, I mean, that's great for people who want to have the Poly as their home right. and haven't had a chance to do that in the past. So, And, you know, I, I and I, I, there's more information yet to come about this resort, but it looks like they'll probably add some suites there mm-hmm. as well, which if you know, if you've stayed at the uh, Polynesian you, you, using your DVC points, they don't have any suites. It's right. all studios right. there. So um, having that ability as well sure. will would be good. So, right, right. Um, they also will house several more recreation and dining options apparently in that spot. So uh, looking forward to seeing yeah. what comes of that. And if you, you know, it's going to be your ability to buy into the Polynesian if right. you don't already. We already, it's already one of our home resorts. Right, but, yeah. yeah. But like you said, um, there isn't the opportunity to have a suite there, you know, or have where you have the uh, kitchen available to you. I mean, in the studios, they have the little space that has a little kitchenette, yeah, area. Little kitchenette yeah. area, but um, it would be great to be able to stay at the Polynesian in a, like a one bedroom or mm-hmm. so. If you, if the opportunity struck you, right. Yeah, for so, sure. Looking forward so. to that. Yeah. Looking forward to finding more about it as it progresses and still pouring one out for the spirit of Aloha. Yeah. Show, so anyway, uh, moving on, if you've always wanted to learn how to draw your favorite Disney characters at home, well, we have some good news for you. This from collider.com. We have all <laughs> sorts of sources today on Wednesday. Disney announced a very exciting new series for those who are fond of both animation and drawing a co-partnership between supper club and walt disney animation studios sketchbook is an instructional six-part documentary which will educate viewers on the intimate process involved in bringing characters to life on the paper and this will be on disney plus coming up soon that's so cool 
It's kind of funny because my tip is going to be talking about animation. Oh, cool. <laughs> I know. There you go. Interesting. <laughs> uh, the story went on to say, in each episode of Sketchbook, one of six experienced Disney artists will be the audience's drawing instructor. While telling their own inspiring personal stories, the artists will give viewers their insider's perspective into the process of animation and guide them through the process of drawing some of Disney's most beloved characters. Each of the artists will be choosing a single iconic character that they either... Uh, helped bring to life or that inspired them to pursue pursue a career in animation at Walt Disney Studios. As the trailer shows, each episode feels like its own intimate masterclass in which the artists impart their wisdom, teach the skill they love, and also play a role of storytellers. And the artists featured in each episode are Gabby Kapili, Hyunmin Lee, Eric Goldberg, Jin Kim, Samantha Vilfort and Mark Henn and Sketchbook is coming exclusively, as I said, to Disney Plus beginning on April 27th. So just a little over a month away. Yeah, that sounds like it's going to be great. I love it when they incorporate the story of the person involved in this as well as what, you know, what they do for the company. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. And learning what inspires them and and, and the process and everything while you're still, you know, learning to draw. I mean, that what's interesting is that you can, if you want to try and draw along with them and learn how to do this, they'll be there for you, but they have these stories that are going to go along with them. So even if you don't want or don't feel like you have the skill right to draw these characters you just want to absorb what they're talking about that's great too and it'll also be great for families maybe the kids want to try and draw and the parents just want to take in the entire show right exactly so so, I, I like yeah. i love this concept i do too and i can't wait to check it out on disney plus yeah sounds great yeah Finally, we wrap up our Disney stories of the week with we received some information about several of the onboard dining activities that will be offered when Disney Cruise Line's newest ship debuts this summer. Yes, lots of stuff to go through here. Uh, This from the Disney Cruise Line blog. Again, not affiliated with Disney Cruise Line, but he does a great job of getting you Disney Cruise Line information on this blog. You should definitely check it out when you get the chance or if you have a Disney Cruise plan. Mm -hmm. Uh, His story said the maiden voyage of the Disney Wish is finally on the horizon as guests are now able to pre-book onboard activities and port adventures. So that means we get a sneak peek at what they will be offering for these uh, sailings coming up. Uh, we'll start with some of the adult dining options, which we will be very interested in because mm-hmm. we know there's a couple new um, dining, adult dining spots. There right. one that is similar to those aboard other ships. Mm-hmm. I know that that is very new. So um, these options will be Palo Steakhouse yes. and Enchante. Mm-hmm. So we'll start with Palo Steakhouse and of course they will be offering brunch there which uh-huh. we love Palo yes. brunch I'm sure Palo Steakhouse brunch will be great as well they say it'll cost yeah, each guest $45 which and it will feature a medley of Italian dishes with a modern twist choose from a selection of classic breakfast items including eggs benedict savory frittatas and gourmet pancakes and waffles and for the lunch side of brunch classes such as the chicken parmigiana and the lasagna will be available so it sounds very similar right. to what we you would normally get on the Paolo, Paolo brunch, brunch which mm-hmm. we love so that's very cool that's cool yeah. As for Palo Steakhouse dinner, uh, the dinner experience will also cost guests, uh, guests $45 or a la carte, um, either way. Uh, the adult exclusive dinner will offer a variety of premium steaks and Italian dishes off the a la carte menu, starting with a tasty appetizer such as an artfully prepared antipasti, uh, soft potato gnocchi, or a frito di calamari, which I love all yes. those things. 
Uh, the menu will feature fresh pasta, seafood, along with a selection of steaks and chops. Guests will also have an option to try the Pricks Fix menu, which includes an appetizer, salad, entree, and dessert. There's also the Esperanza del Vino, which is a wine pairing addition to the menu. Uh, you can enhance your dining experience for an additional fee of $59 per person. The wine pairing will feature a selection of five Palo Steakhouse dishes, including dessert, matched with the perfect Italian wine. So that will be the $45 plus, plus. the $59 mm-hmm. on top of that right. if you want to go that way. Right, right. But five-course meal and, and wine associated wine to go with, with pretty it. pretty great. Yeah, that sounds pretty good to me. Speaking of sounding pretty good to me, Enchanté uh-huh. uh, by Chef Arnaud Lallemont. Um, that is going to be exceptional, yes. and I can't wait to check that out. Uh, they say Enchanté will offer the most luxurious dining experience on board, featuring a gourmet menu crafted by three Michelin-starred chef Arnaud Lallemont. Uh, I hope I'm selling his name right. Sure. Uh, one of the culinary masterminds behind the French-inspired fine dining experience at Remy aboard the Disney Dream and Disney Fantasy, which we've enjoyed a couple right. times ourselves. So there will be three dining offerings there. Uh, there will be a brunch experience at Enchanté, which will cost each guest $75 and will be a one-of-a-kind brunch experience in uh the most luxurious venue on the Disney Wish. Guests will be able to indulge in delectable French cuisine as you take in beautiful ocean views. Yeah. yeah. There's also the dessert experience at Enchanté, which will cost each guest $60. Guests will experience a five-course dessert menu. <laughs> Five desserts, wow. Um, coffee and in-depth in discussion with executive chef and executive pastry chef of Enchanté. As each dessert is presented, they'll explain the history and evolution of the dessert. That sounds cool. Yeah, yeah. I think they do similar, mm-hmm. um, you know, right now on the other ships uh, in Remy. So um, that sounds Yummy. Yeah, very similar uh, in in those ways. Uh, They also will have the, of course, the dinner experience at Enchanté, which will cost each guest $125 and will be primarily offered as a Pricks Fix experience that includes multiple gourmet courses from Chef Ornaud's curated tasting menus. Or you can also enjoy uh, any of Enchanté's specialties a la carte to create a -a one-of-a-kind dining experience just for you. And for an additional charge, Enchanté offers a stellar wine list in addition to a wine pairing option. Mm -hmm. Again, sounds similar to Remy uh, in what they're offering there, but I can't wait to experience. You know, the one thing about Remy is they have it kind of half French, half American. This sounds like it's going to go full bore French and I'm excited to check it out for sure. Yeah. um, It's, it's so hard to put into words what that experience is like. No, you you can't describe it. You can say it, but it, 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 it just doesn't, until you've actually experienced right. it, it won't click with it you. It won't, right. And, but it's it really is, like we talk about journeys and things like that, it's just such a different type of dining experience. It's not just like, oh, here's your food and you're eating, and then the next course comes out and you're eating that. It, you know, first of all, there's, you know, the interaction with the wait staff that are describing all that is brought together into to make each of those courses and just the, Food is so unique, so brilliantly prepared, and the tastes are amazing. And it really, it's its hokey to say, but it just is such a different type of actual experience. It's not just 
where you're going to eat. It's the service. It's the presentation. Right. It is the food and the flavor of the food and how they put these flavors yeah. together. It's it's incredible. Um, and just this is just going from the experience of Remy. I'm sure Enchante will be very similar right. to Remy in that regard. Uh, is it expensive? Yes, it's really, really expensive. Okay. But it's uh, if you can afford it, it is worth, right. I, I found it very much worth that price that you pay for it. It's right. an experience that you will never, ever forget. It may be a one time ever that you do it, but if you can save up for it, whatever, um, it is worth trying this one time in your life. Right. It's incredible. Right. I mean, it, it does not even come close to any other great dining experience. Like even if you go to, um, you know, some really wonderful restaurants within the parks or the resorts, um, this is just so mm-hmm. elevated from that experience and it's not fast. I mean, it's several hours long that you're, right. uh, you're experiencing this and you're enjoying it. Yeah, for sure. Uh, it's kind of, and it's very similar to, uh, people have talked for years about Victoria and Albert's, mm-hmm. uh, of course, and how wonderful that is right. and, and, and also expensive dining experience, but, right. uh, just an over the top dining experience. By the way, we did receive news this week that, uh, Victoria and Albert's is getting set to reopen. Yeah. So that's good news as well. But why well, digress back to the Disney wish. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also received some news on their beverage tasting seminars, which are always fun when right. you're on board. Um, here are the various things they're going to be offering on board and they will these will be similar to what you've experienced uh-huh. on many of the other disney cruise ships if you've been on them and they range from 40 dollars all the way up to 100 dollars. so it's it's it depends on which one you're booking but they have beer tasting bourbon tasting champagne tasting cognac martinis wine rum whiskey gin and of course mixology where they're making mixed drinks right here's the hundred dollar ones which are i find kind of fascinating if you're kind of into this uh, these kind of beverages. Right. Uh, one is a premium bourbon tasting that'll be a hundred dollars. Mm. They say for the true whiskey and whiskey connoisseur, our experts, uh, our expert bartenders will guide you through a selection of high end bourbons and whiskeys from our reserve collection. Tastings include some of the most unique and rare selections from around the world, including Europe, Japan, and the United States. Nice. Now we are not necessarily bourbon aficionados, right. but we know some, right. and uh, they would probably love, of this yes. because you know high-end bourbon can be extremely expensive right. and rare and hard to sample so this ends like you're going to get a you know yes it's a hundred dollars again pricey but you're going to get to try some things that I, some of these may be we've we've run some of these tastings right. and you get a shot or a, a sip of something right. that would cost the same price right. as the tasting just alone for that one thing. Right, you're getting right. five different things. Right. So. You know, and not all of the the servings are necessarily small with these tastings. You know, I think um, we could safely say that we do have a buzz on when we go to oh. these tastings. You know, they are fairly generous. Don't do a couple of them back to no. back or you're, you're going to be sleeping the rest of the day away. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Or if you have like a really... Like you don't want to do a tasting on a day that you're going to go to a Remy's or yeah. or Apollo's or something like that because uh, you, you might not get the same time. Like experience. I said, especially if you're trying to do a couple of them, they'll, they'll catch up to you pretty quickly. Right, right. Sure. But yeah, they're 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 great, uh, fun, and they are you know pretty 
generous in what they're giving you now. Right. It's not like a full-on serving, but you're getting so many more of them. Right, and, and they explain it to you. You learn about the right. uh, all these different cocktails and mixes and whatever it may be. And you may find some things that you didn't know you loved before that may right. become something you, you love and want to order in the future. I've, and that's, you that's know, true. kind of the concept behind it. Uh, the other $100 uh, tasting seminar is the World of Old Fashioned. And it's, it comes... Uh, they say it, when it comes to creating the perfect old fashioned, there's a recipe to please nearly every palate, and therein lies its beauty. Whether tracing the cocktail back to its origins with a sugar cube and a splash of water, or taking a modern twist on the classic with simple syrup and bitters, you'll discover a highly enjoyable cocktail sure to delight all your senses. So, again, kind of on the bourbon concept right. here. If you like old fashions, that may yes. be another one you're going to want to try. Just See, experience all the different kind of versions right, of them. Right. So, very cool. So, finally, one that calls out to me <laughs> specifically, although unfortunately, I don't think it's really for me, but uh, yeah, we'll have to see about this. Anyway, uh, like I said, all these are interesting, but here is one that I, I find really fascinating. It's something for the little ones of Disney <laughs> Wish or the little ones at heart. Right. Uh, it's Olaf's Royal Picnic at Arendelle, <laughs> a frozen dining adventure. Uh, this new twist on the royal tea party is designed for children ages 3 to 12. <laughs> uh, I know. And will be offered on select days. Now, it's not cheap, okay? Right. We were talking about some expensive things here. This one is expensive as well. The experience will cost you $220 for each child between the ages of 3 and 12 and $69 for adults ages 13 and up. So, right teens and adults. Uh, at Olaf's Royal, Royal Picnic, guests will interact with Olaf, Anna, Elsa, and Kristoff like never before and delight in live musical performances of beloved songs like Let It Go, Fixer Upper, and In Summer. <laughs> and under the expert direction of Baroness Dagmar Birger, a lively lady-in-waiting for Queen Anna, Castle staff will serve up delicious summer treats and picnic fare for the whole and family to enjoy. Uh, the hall will be decked out in summer splendor just for the occasion with a canopy of colorful flowers among the festive decor. Children will receive an assortment of gifts and keepsakes, including a reversible troll plush, themed picnic blanket, and custom Nordic-style mandolin, which I saw a picture of. it. It's like a real mandolin. Wow. Um, which they will need for a special reindeers are better than people strum and sing along with Kristoff. <laughs> What's more from the Royal proclamations to unexpected visitors. The show will be jam packed with surprises worth melting for other gifts for children who attend will receive an Olaf, uh, some Olaf headwear, which I believe is just a hat, but mm -hmm. still right? Olaf. a cinch bag, water bottle, activity book and troll necklace. Unfortunately, Adult guests without a child accompanying them are not <laughs> eligible for this event. We may need to rent a child to get in there. But no, I mean, again, it's expensive, but you're getting a lot of stuff for this and then another fun experience right. that you, know, you, you can't really get anyplace else. Right. And we know that the, the teas that they have right now on the current sailings are very popular. It's same kind of concept where uh, the, the fee for the child is is more than I think triple the adult fee, but they're getting so many gifts to walk away with. So um, if you're planning to buy souvenirs, that could be your way to do it. Go to one of these fun uh, dining events and, and come back with a lot of swag that 
you can remember the cruise with. Right. And I love the concept that they're doing kind of more of a picnic because, I mean, yeah, the kids may like the tea concept, maybe, right. but everybody loves a picnic, right. you know, and yeah. it makes sense with the summer feel and everything and frozen. And this is going to be, it looks like a lot of fun. And yes, again, it's super expensive. It's not for everybody, but if you want to maybe a special celebration for your little right. one who loves frozen um, and you know, you, if you add up all the gifts that come along with right. this, along with the, you know, the, the special intimate meet and greet with these characters right. and the sing-alongs and everything else, it's kind of a special day. It's kind of like the Remy or Enchante right. for the little one. Right, you know? exactly. Yeah, yeah. And if you're doing the cruise for like one of your kids' birthdays yeah. or whatever, you know, and like you said, the, the concept of the picnic is just something that I think kids can feel um, more comfortable with. It doesn't at all have that air of being stuffy or anything like that. I mean, not that there's anything wrong with the, the teas. And I think the teas with all the princesses and everything is a, is a lovely experience. Um, and this is just another offering that gives a, a little bit more broader, maybe interest and comfort for, for all the kids. Right. It makes sense since they have the, uh, the Arendelle uh, dining right. hall now, essentially, where they're going to be serving dinner there yes. too. So since they have that already, that venue that's right. Right, ready, that theme. Uh, to fit right in with this. It just totally makes sense. Yes. So, very cool. So yeah. that's it for the Disney stories of the week. However, we never leave you without giving you some sort of tip that might help you on your next vacation. And when we do this, we always start with Michelle. One, because she does the best research, obviously, as you heard today. <laughs> she has the best lists, but she definitely has the very best tips. So let's get to it. Here is Michelle's tip of the week. Well, thank you, sweetie. Um, so my tip, as I mentioned earlier, it does have to do with animation um, and, and going to the parks. And a great souvenir idea from a trip uh, could be artwork created by your kids or even by yourself um, and suitable for framing. Uh, if you have never experienced the animation opportunities that they do have at the parks, uh, we really recommend that you take a moment to do that. Um, it is something that I can see is often overlooked, but it's truly a fun activity. We've done it multiple times. Um, and what it is, there is a, a Disney cast animator who will allow each person that's in the audience to follow along and draw. And it sounds a lot like what's going to be happening on the Disney plus series coming up, but, um, you get to learn how to draw a character and we are not artistically no, inclined not at all. when it comes to drawing. I mean, we may have some other artistic flares to us, but not that, but we've actually come away feeling pretty good about some of our artwork. And, you know, so again, it's a great free activity and souvenir. And so my tip is also is really more about the fact that you can um, prepare to bring this home safely if you want by, you know, getting um, uh, like a poster carrier or box that you bring with you. You can get these um, pretty inexpensive from office supply stores and, and then be able to safely bring that artwork. You know, you can probably have one and put everybody's together into that one uh, tube or, you know, sometimes it's like a triangle. Uh, but anyways, um, so the locations for this fun activities can be found uh, at Walt Disney World. They have this at um, the, the, it's called the Animation Experience at Conservation Station in Animal Kingdom Park. 
Um, then there's Animation Academy at Disney California Adventure Park, but they also have Animation Academy at Walt Disney Studios Park in Disneyland Paris and on Main Street USA in Disneyland Hong Kong. So again, a, a great way to have a fun activity uh, during your visit there and to be able to walk away with a fun uh, memento of your day at the park. Mm-hmm. And they often uh, do something similar at the Epcot International Festival of the Arts. True, they have right. that go on with you. So if you're at Epcot for that, uh, you can also take advantage of some of those seminars where they show you how to draw certain characters as well. Right, exactly. But it's a lot so. of fun and it's also a great away in the day to especially on a hot day get out of the heat sit down for right. a little bit um get the air conditioning and and still have a little fun and entertainment as you as you learn to draw these characters right right you know um and again you'd you'd feel bad if if uh, you or the kids did something that you felt really proud of and you you can't transport it home safely so those tube mailers are going to be uh what can save you there for sure so, so. Great tip, Michelle's well, tip. Thank you. Always the best tip. <laughs> what about you, sweetie? Uh, for my tip this week, I'm going to take you back since we were talking just a little bit about Disney Cruise Line and some of the adult dining options and so forth that are aboard there. And I'm going to talk a little bit about the kids' clubs. And yes, of course, aboard the ship. As you know, the, the kids' clubs aboard the ship, the Oceaneer Lab, Oceaneer Club, are wonderful ways for the kids to get involved in different activities mm-hmm. meeting new friends while you can go off and enjoy the you know the 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 um the dining options or the adult pool or so forth or right. whatever and we're all about families when you're on disney cruise ships but every once in a while you want to have a little adult time right. as well well that also uh, progresses onto uh castaway key now yeah, of course again family time on castaway key is great but you know, they also had this wonderful adult beach over on one part called Serenity Cove right. that you may want to go and visit from for a little bit. Excuse me, Serenity Bay. Bay. I, I thought, thinking of the thought quiet, it was Bay. I was, I was like, thinking oh. of the Quiet Cove pool. Uh, <laughs> Serenity Bay, uh, where you might want to go and, and play a little visit. Well, the good news is that they also, these kids clubs carry over right onto Castaway Key. Uh, if you want to, if you have your kids signed up, registered for the kids clubs, you can take them over to a space called Scuttles Cove on Castaway Key. And this is a kind of a cordoned off secured area where the same counselors they get to know in, in the kids club aboard the ship are there and guiding them through activities there right on the beach at Castaway Key. So you can kind of break away for a right. little bit if you so desire uh, and get off to Serenity Bay for a little bit. And here's some of the activities they offer. Things like sandcastle building, Disney beach parties, sand soccer, water games, capture the flag, scavenger hunts. And if they're there for lunch, they'll even serve them lunch while right. you're there. So they can meet with the friends they've made in the clubs, have a good time there. And then you can, you know, you can break off maybe for an hour or so to Serenity mm-hmm. Bay. Right. Or, you know, for as long as you want, you know, depending on how much the kids want to enjoy this um, exactly. time. It's again, we're all about family time, but we're also, this is your vacation. Do with it as you want. The kids are going to want to do their own thing. Sometimes you're going to want to do your own thing. Sometimes Um, take advantage of all these situations that are available for you. Great tip, baby. Yeah. And by the way, if you have some older kids that are uh, teens, they also have a space there called the teen hideout where I'm sure they don't want to hang out more more than they probably (laughs) will with you anyway. So uh, that is also available for you. So awesome. Yes. So that's it for this week. Next week, well, the, supreme, the springtime surprise run Disney race weekend is coming up very, very soon. So we thought this would be a good time to get you set if you're attending either in person 
or in spirit, um, because we're going to be helping you out by providing you ideas for your running playlist that you may want either when you're going to this race or another run Disney race, or if you're just, you know, deciding you want to run at home, uh, we're going to be helping inspire you with our five favorite songs to add to your run Disney playlist. Yeah, I think it's going to be a fun topic. So more music next week, and this (laughs) uh, should be a lot of fun as well. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Um, you know, we've we have well, I should talk about my running list. It's a little outdated at this point. Needs some updating, so I'm looking forward to doing some of that research to uh, enhance my running list. There we go. Can't wait to go through. Yeah. That, so. As for today's show, we appreciate that you join us today. In the future, you can find us most everywhere you get podcasts. However, the very best place to find us is on our own website, HyperionAdventuresPodcast.com. And while you're there, please sign up for the newsletter, and you'll get that special link this week. That special link. Yes, please sign up for the newsletter. It's just another way to be involved in the Hyperion Adventures podcast world. Another great way is to follow us on social media. We're on Twitter at Hyperion Podcast, Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest at Hyperion Adventures Podcast. If you are on Facebook, come on over and join us for some good, positive Disney energy fun on our Hyperion Adventurers Facebook group. Yeah, and we love to hear from you uh, what things are, are uh, you're doing right now, what Disney plans you have, and just sharing the fun. Yeah, it, it doesn't even need to be Disney, just what's going on That's in your true. life. That's great. We want to hear all about it on that Facebook group. Uh, We are also on YouTube. If you want to find us there, just do a quick search for Hyperion Adventures Podcast. Hit subscribe and you'll know whenever we have a new video. And if you ever want to contact us for any reason, please hit us up at our Gmail account, Podcast at gmail.com. And we will not share your your, uh, email address ever if you... you're writing to us through Gmail or connecting through our newsletter. Nope. It's just used for us to pass along the information that's your desire, whether it be the newsletter or whatever you've talked about through the Gmail account. Exactly. Yes. So that's it. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Hyperion Adventures podcast. We look forward to sharing some time with you again next week. Until that time, I'm Tom. I'm Michelle. And we hope that you have a magical week. Bye.